Howdy do. Howdy doody, partner. We are back, guys. How's everyone's day? How's yeah. everyone's week? You know, it is a Tuesday in uh, Missouri. Oh, and it's becoming spring officially. It is. And it's so nice. I need it is some so legitimate, nice. some legitimate sunshine in my life. You know, today was pretty nice. It was what, like 64, 65 and sunny? Yep. It was pretty nice. Yeah. I'm just ready for that. I, I do like the weather where you can wear shorts and a hoodie or Me too. sweatpants and a tank top, but Right. We're not still quite there. A little, yeah, we're still yeah. kind of creeping up on it. Yeah, we need like seventy five and sunny and that would be perfect. Yes. Perfect. Um so I did get some really good feedback on our collab with Dom, Dom? from Horror House. Yes. Oh, good. And? Everyone seems to really love it. They good. love Dom. Yes. Um, they really liked that we really switched things up and kind of took a yeah. break from like the normal serial killer to kind of play off just other murder topics. Murderous topics. Yes. <laughs> so I I had so much fun. Like I did too. Like going back there and re-editing and like listening yeah. to the little clips. Yeah. Uh, such a good time. Such a good time and such a good like episode. Like it was so interesting, kind of like you said, you know, to learn about other murderous topics such as animals. Who yes. knew? Who knew? And if you guys like that, we can't say anything yet, but we have got some really, really exciting stuff coming up that does include a collaboration. Yeah, so, it could be a little. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it could be true crime. It could be conspiracy theories. You know, it could be all the above. Either way, I'm so excited. I can't wait till we can announce it. So you guys stay tuned. Tell all your friends <laughs> to subscribe to us and follow us to keep up with everything. So. Yes, yes. So excited. Well, yes. any other news that you want to talk about or are you ready to jump in? Only other thing was, um, I don't know if you know this, it's been a really long time since I've bought like instant mac and cheese or really just mac and cheese in general. Like I try to avoid keeping carbs in my house. Right. But I went to the grocery store today and they sell, drum roll, that's when I might stop flaming hot Cheetos mac and cheese. Did and they you really? believe I bought some. Have you eaten it or have you tried it? No, because again, I haven't bought something that like, and I also don't keep milk in my house and apparently oh, I yeah. milk. Of course. So I got to go get milk, but. Okay. Well, you better try it and give us a review on the next episode. Okay. I will. I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested. I, yep. But that's it. That's all my news. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, I don't have any news, but, um, before I even do the disclaimer, I want to say this episode, like, full-on trigger warning for the entire episode. So, okay. hope you're ready. Do you want to do the something spiked? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. So, what are you sipping on? I am sipping out of our something spiked mug. Ah, cheers, oh, bitch. Yes. <laughs> I have my mug, too. Um, I made a skinny version of a, like, a cherry lime made with tequila. So. Nice. Yeah. Well, I, so I'm a huge fan of Quirk. Mm -hmm. They came out with four new flavors. Yeah. You know that? 
But um, the one I'm drinking is key lime coconut. Ooh, I haven't tried that one yet. So good. So I put it in my mug and... Ooh. Cheers. Okay, so I was thinking drinking word. Um, What if we did like kid or child or both? That's fine. Child will work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'll work. All right. So our videos and podcasts are for entertainment purposes. All information discussed is found on the internet. Keep in mind, we will talk all things sinister that may not be suitable for all audiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. So we are talking about Albert Fish, my friends. Mm. A.K.A. Hamilton Howard, A.K.A. the Gray Man, A.K.A. the Brooklyn Vampire, A.K.A. the Moon Maniac, A.K.A. the Boogeyman, A.K.A. the Werewolf of Wisteria, and many more. Many more. I didn't say them all, but there are many more. What's his most popular of his, like, code names? Probably the Gray Man. Okay. Yeah, probably the gray man. Um, That's what I would say, you know, throughout the story. But, you know, if you ask different people, they say different things. And you'll kind of hear why we have so many names for him. Okay. I'm I'm so excited. Yeah. So he was a serial killer, a rapist, a child molester, and a cannibal um, between June 1924 and June 1928 with potentially 100 victims. Oh my gosh, in four years? Yeah. Wow. He says that he murdered a child in every state. Wow, he's like like those people that collect uh, the state coins. It's just or like a magnet. It's, yeah, or, it's children. <laughs> So, uh, he was born May 19th, 1870 in Washington, D.C. to Randall and Ellen Fish. So, a Taurus here is kicking off Taurus season. Whoop, Um, So, talking particularly about Tauruses and serial killers, um, this is a quote. It states, Tauruses are devoted, patient, and hardworking. These traits, which make them for a great personality and someone who is stable and good-natured, but an evil manipulator and someone who is not. It then says, Taurus serial killers are often possessive, uncompromising, and intolerable of any sudden change or complications. Albert Fish, particularly his qualities, he was stuck in his own comfort zone. So he only saw his own view and his own way. He became obsessed uh, with many things, including self-mutilation and cannibalism. But he was loyal to those that he loved and cared about and stubborn and blinded by all of his own obsessive desires. Damn. Yeah. Ooh, so, gives me, like the chills. Yeah, it's creepy. So, kind of like what it said, you know, Tauruses are strong-willed, they're devoted, they're patient, they're hardworking, great traits for someone who's stable, but the complete opposite for somebody who's not. 
Yikes. The Times of India are favorite. I feel like they should like sponsor us or something. But um, Taurus yeah, natives, right. <laughs> yeah, Taurus natives have a strong desire for social and corporate stability. They have a strong desire for extravagance, contentment, and great things, which can lead to intense neediness. Taurus natives, like the bull, who represent their sign, are prone to anger, and once they are enraged, they can be terrifying, terrifying and brutal with no boundaries. So, wanted to throw that little tidbit in there, because you're going to hear a lot of that with Albert Fish. All I can think about right now is you ordering Starbucks at Target that day, and you are about to break the fuck out. <laughs> Guys, one day, one day I'm telling that story on this podcast, because you want to talk about someone who flipped. You know, I have zero patience for idiocracy, okay? I seriously do. I I cannot oh. handle ignorance. It literally makes my blood boil. And so I'm sorry. Your job is to make a damn coffee drink. And you can't even oh. do that. Oh, my God. I know. Anyways. So brutal day. when yes. angered. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Terrifying and brutal. Okay. Back yeah. to the serial killer. Right? You know what's funny, though? My mom will say, like, whenever I'm mad, I, I can, like, cut you with a knife. Right? Like, that is just how, I guess, like, mean I am. But I don't I don't say mean things. I guess it's just, like, my the tone delivery. and my, yeah. yeah, and the delivery of it. Hence why you were, like, cracking up that day. You're oh like, I'm... Oh, my God. <laughs> I could not breathe. I was laughing so hard. And this girl at Starbucks was just like, oh, shit. Yep. She's like, here we go. Here we go. So jumping, uh, you know, into his childhood, he was the youngest of of four children. He was abandoned at at the age of five. Um, and was sent to an orphanage because his father had died and mother could no longer care for him or the other children. Wait, how many siblings did he have? Four. Okay. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, one one second. Just be careful when you set your drink down. Is it loud? Your It's your mic is rattling. Oh, is it? That mysterious boom noise that you wonder what it is. It's that. Okay. Got it. I'll just hold it in my lap. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So apparently this orphanage was abusive, not shocked, um, to the boys. And Albert Fish said that he was exposed to regular beatings and sadistic acts within this orphanage. Uh, Whenever he was asked about the orphanage, he said, quoted, I was there till I was nearly nine, and that's where I got started wrong. We were unmercifully whipped. I saw boys doing many things they they should not have done. But unfortunately, instead of this, like, terrifying him, this is where he started associating pain with pleasure. Oh. At nine years old. At nine. From five to nine. Yeah, from five to nine. (sighs) 
Also talking about, you know, his childhood, his family had a lot of mental illness. So his uncle was diagnosed with mania. His brother was sent to a state mental institution. His sister was diagnosed with mental illness and his mother as well. She often had hallucinations. So mental illness throughout his entire family. That's crazy too, especially for the times. I, I mean, know. I feel like back then, back then, if you like had a bad day, they'd be like, "Oh, she's insane." But yeah, for like mania and all of that to be recognized, I feel like that's right. kind of different. But. Isn't it different? Well, and I think what happened was because there were so many interviews. Um, probably now, you know, psychiatrists today that's say, true. you know, this is what it was, but. You know, the events of what he he said, you know, maybe my mom saw things or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So they've like correlated the two. But you're right. Yeah. Like at that time, mental illness wasn't really a thing per se, um, except they and did maybe, have the mental institutions. But it was yes. a lot different than what they are today. That's what I was going to say is maybe they, they did have mental health back then. You were just treated like an absolute demon if you right. had like spouts of depression right. so right okay. right yeah so in 1880 um his mom uh got him out of the orphanage so he was right about 10 years old um during this time you know unfortunately he did he was not given proper education um and he kind of learned how to work with his hands so he watched you know carpenters and he watched people come in and out of the orphanage like painting and doing all this things so all these things so he wasn't really educated um and whenever he got home, he met a boy, uh, a friend, but uh, this turned into a relationship, um, not a friendship. So um, <clears throat> this boy ended up introducing Albert into drinking urine and eating feces. Oh, For... <laughs> my God. At 10 years old. He's just... Like, in a sexual way or just in, like, hey, let me piss in your mouth? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, a, a little bit of both, um, sexually and, like, hey, this is what I like to enjoy doing, so do you want to do it with me? And did you say eating feces? Eating. Listen, y'all got some weird kinks. I don't know who out there <laughs> is eating feces. This is where R. Kelly learned it from. <laughs> <laughs> Two girls, one cup, baby. Yep, that's it. Ugh, um, disgusting. It's so gross. You know, like, I can't even imagine. Like, Listen, I will kink I, shame I, that. I will gladly kink shame eating oh, someone's shit. 100%. That's fucking gross. <laughs> like, I wouldn't even eat my own shit if it was the last thing to eat. Like, I would die. I would die. I would die. I would too. I'd be like, Today is my day. I volunteer. I'm not yep. eating that shit. <laughs> not eating that shit. Literally. Um, he also at this time started his obsession with self mutilation. Um, so at 10 years old, he would put needles, like little needles, into his groin and abdomen, um, as well as he would put nails on the end of like a paddle or the end of a wooden spoon and hit himself with it. 
But he obviously uh, received pleasure from this. How? Like, how? I don't know. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So remember the story trigger warning? Yeah, trigger warning for the rest of the story because it only gets worse. Um, again, at 10 years old, he would visit bathhouses, like public bathhouses. So again, we're in the 1880s. So people didn't have like showers in their house. Yeah. Right. So you would bathe with like a bucket of water or go Wait, to a public bathhouse. People in the eighties, 1880s. I'm really bad at history, but people in the 80s had showers. No, bitch. 1880s. Okay, well, don't hate me when I say this. So earlier when you said the 20s, you were talking about the 1820s or the 1920s? I never said the 20s. When he he was... Oh, never mind. Never mind. You know what? Just pretend like I'm not here. You said 24 to 28... There's something 24 to 28. I said 1924 to 1928. Okay, we just haven't gotten to there yet. Okay, so no, in my bitch, head, we're I talking was like, about his childhood. Okay. God damn. Okay. You're already drunk. I am here. We are talking about the 18. Everybody, listen, you need to pay attention. It's the 1880s, not the 1980s. Get it and together. They did, not, they did not have showers. Okay. Get it together. So he would uh, visit public bathhouses and he would spy on boys undressing Mm. at 10 years old. Gross. So 10 years later, 1890s. (laughs) (laughs) Not the 1990s. Not not the 1990s. He was 20 years old. He ended up moving to New York City. And this is when all shit hits the fan. Kind of literally. He started working as a prostitute. uh, And this is where he started molesting boys. So he would lure boys into uh, from their homes into his home. um, And he would torture them. Then he would rape them. He typically liked to use a paddle with sharp nails or sharp objects on the end. Um, and he would torture the boys with that. And then, of course, he would murder them. And uh, he then started eating them shortly after, which we'll talk about more in detail when and how. Oh, my gosh. I feel like we've had a lot of cannibalist stuff lately, but it's so yeah. interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Like, this is insane. Oh. Uh, eight years later, 1898, he is 28 years old. He married a woman that his mom arranged. So she arranged a marriage between this woman named Anna and him. Uh, Anna was nine years younger, so she was 19 at the time whenever they married. Um, they ended up having six children together. Um, it's stated that he never abused his children, but... Um, throughout, you know, having all these children and during their childhood, he raped and tortured other children. You literally just said child five times in a row. <laughs> yep. You picked a good word. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, thank goodness he didn't do that to his own kids, but like, 
the disconnect is always really strange to me. Well, we'll kind of hear about that because I don't know if it's factual if he truly oh. didn't. Um, and we'll kind of hear a little bit more about that. Okay. Um, during this time, you know, whenever he was younger, of of course, he didn't get a good education or proper education. He learned more how to work with his hands. And if you think about those times, kind of makes sense. You know, a lot of people didn't finish school. Um, so he worked as a house painter, so he would paint houses. And this is where he would find his next victims. So, um, you know, his customers, if they had children, these would be the victims that he would rape and oh. torture. Oh, my God gosh that's, yeah that's scary mm-hmm summer 1910 so we are you know fast forwarding 12 years he met a man named Thomas Kedden uh, Kedden was 19 years old uh, they became sexually involved primarily sadomas sadomasic relationship so what that means is you know, obviously inflicting pain and receiving pleasure, you know, from it, you know, from each other. Um, but excruciating pain, not just like a little spank or a choke here yeah. and there, like blood being drawn near torture level. Um, I was going to say, to be fair, I think there is a spectrum of sadomasochism, if I'm mm -hmm. not wrong, where it's like, yes. just like you said, there's like, spanking maybe a little choking uh but then there's like hey, blood drying yeah, and biting and balls, ripping a nipple like... off <laughs> yeah oh god so it sounds like yeah. he's on that side of the the, the farthest the... side i think he's the one who created this so seriously it's it's kind of wild um, so during the beginning of the, the relationship, it seemed to be that everything was consensual, but then 10 days later, um, Albert lured Kedden into an abandoned farmhouse and he locked him up, um, tied him up and ended up torturing him for two weeks. He tied him up, cut off half of his penis and said, quote, I shall never forget his scream or the look he gave me. Dude, how did he stay alive? It had that had to have been later on. I, I don't know. How I don't do you know. Cut off half of someone's dick and live. Yeah, this is. Yeah, this was towards the end of it because he did, he said that he wanted to kill him. He said I wanted to kill Kedden, cut up his body, but instead uh, he didn't do that. Uh, because he didn't want the meat to spoil in the middle of summer. So he spared him his life and he poured peroxide on his penis, put some Vaseline on it, wrapped it in a rag and gave Kedden a $10 bill and then kissed him goodbye. <laughs> Sounds like a I'm love sorry, story. What? <laughs> that is disgusting. I know. That is sick. I know. I know. The poor guy. <sighs> the poor guy is probably like, just go ahead and kill me. Finish it. I don't yeah. want to live with half a penis. Yeah, later in an. Right. With half a penis. But right. Can, can you imagine? imagine? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, poor guy. But apparently, later in an interview, um, Albert Fish said that Kedden wasn't all there intellectually. And so he was like the perfect victim for him. 
Which, honestly, probably made it even more torturous. I mean, yeah. okay, I don't want to say this and, like, oops, make assumptions, but it's like, you know, people who are fully there, they can mm-hmm. kind of, they can use manipulation tactics when they're captured. They can right. control themselves. And I feel like yeah. if you're a little not that mentally capable. You can't do you, that. Yeah. You scream more. You act out more. You're confused. I mean, just yeah. assuming. But right. Mm, that's so sad. I know. So sad. But he did live, um, I don't know how long, or healthy life or whatnot, but he lived, so... Oh, my God. I know. Seven. Therapy wasn't really a thing back then, so. No, therapy wasn't a thing at all. So. I can't imagine. 1917, so seven years later, his wife left him for another man. She was having an affair. Um, She took all all of the belongings, but... Uh, left the kids so he came home one day from work and the house was cleaned out but all the kids were there i'm sorry what i know take she's like i want um that bedroom set and (laughs) you know i like these it's just kids get over there you're staying yeah you're staying sorry about ya what a terrible person Seriously, a terrible person. So a couple of days later, uh, she decided that she needed to come home. She needed a place to stay because they didn't have anywhere to go. And so Albert was like, well, you can stay, but he can't. And so she hid him in the attic and would sneak food to him and, you know, go have relations with him. Um, Albert eventually uh, found out and said, nope, this is done. He needs to go. You need to go. And so they left and the kids and Albert never saw her again. Oh, my gosh. I hate this lady. I know. I hate her. I know. It's sad. Um, this is where, you know, the self-harm got even more intense. So, you know, not only was he sticking needles in his groin, um, but he would (laughs) use wool. So he would get like wool, like a wool piece of a wool sweater, you know, whatever. He would soak it in lighter fluid, stuff it in his ass. And light it on fire. <laughs> what? Light it on fire, Cadence. Yeah, like, you know, so you know that term, like, if you eat Taco Bell and you have to, like, go to the bathroom and then your asshole's on fire? Well, like, Don't literally, his asshole was on fire. <laughs> Do not bring Taco Bell into this this story talk about is you know it's true you know it's true the next day yeah okay so how did how is this guy still alive like did he Dude. just look like a mangled mess yes he and you'll see why they called him the gray man like oh my god yeah. lighting your asshole on fire like how did you because okay you said he soaked it in uh, lighter, lighter fluid. fluid because that would get on your skin yeah if it's in your butt and then, yeah how did you put the fire out? Can you imagine, like, taking a shit after you have a burnt asshole? <laughs> I, can't. I can't. I just can't. Let's start. Let's start with step one. 
putting wool Step in my one. ass. <laughs> that is, that's my first issue. That would be itchy. That is done. After that, I'm right. done. I'm done. So yep. the rest of the stuff doesn't even exist for me. Right, right. You guys should definitely look up the x-ray of Albert Fish's pelvis. Um, I'll show you here if for those of you that are watching. The x-ray of his pelvis after he lit his ass on fire? Well, whenever he died. Someone took, obviously, they x-rayed his pelvis because he said that he stuck needles in his pelvis. So, um... Oh, I, I just... I'm, like, in pain. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hurting. Yeah. So I'm this is... listening to this. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So you can see all the needles. Oh, my God. In his pelvis. Oh! <gasps> Ooh, is that not wild? They're like they are in there. They are in there. In there. From, like hitting something important. Dude, I don't know. I don't know. It's wild. But uh, yeah, this is where the self-mutilation obviously took a turn um, for the worst. He was also apparently at this time teaching his children how to play games. Um and we'll talk a little bit more about those games later, but apparently they were like molestation games and Sado and, you know, all that nasty shit. With um, them or like with each other? All the above. Oh. Yep. And this is also when he started eating raw meat. Uh, he was preparing himself for cannibalism and his obvious obsession with it. Dude. Yeah. So the wife leaving him, Anna, you were a bitch. You should have stayed because none of this would have fucking happened. His asshole would have never been lit. No, she should have left. She just should have taken the kids. That too. That too. Wild, right? Yeah. Now this raw meat thing, I'm probably going to be on board with just as long as it's not pork and chicken. Well, I could eat a, okay. I could eat a raw steak. I, no, I, you have to have it seared. You can't just take it. That's what steak tartare is. There is definitely a fly. I don't know if you could just see that in my webcam. But no. It flew, it flew like <laughs> right in front of the webcam. Um, <laughs> I have definitely eaten raw steak. Not a like big not piece. Cooked. Like not cooked. Like not you took cooked. it out of the package and you took a bite. Well, it was at a restaurant, but they thinly slice it. You can only eat so much of it, obviously, because right. otherwise it'll make the you steak sick. Steak tartare. Yeah. 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 I have two, which is good, mm. but yeah. Okay. Anyway, it's not eating a human. Not eating a human. So, um, 1919, he was on the prowl for his first murder. So, keep in mind, he hadn't murdered anyone yet. He was preparing to murder, and he was only torturing. So he was on the prowl. He was primarily looking for disabled orphans or homeless children. What the fuck? Like, leave the kids out of this. Well, the rest of this is all about kids. So um, he was primarily looking for, you know, kids that would not be missed. He stabbed a disabled boy in Washington, D.C., um, wanted to just see what would happen, and obviously it killed him. Um, he then started paying boys 
uh, to help lure children to him. So the more the merrier. And at this time, he was torturing and mutilating these children with many objects. He had a murder kit, um, including a meat cleaver, a butcher knife, and a handsaw so he could mutilate and cut up these children. God. Wow. It just keeps going. Yep, we're not done. July 11th, 1924, five years later, he saw a young girl named Beatrice. She was playing on her parents' farm in Staten Island, New York. He tried to give her money to come with him. Um, she almost did, but mom ran out and was like, what the hell are you doing? Get off of my property. And he ran off. However, he came back later that night and was sleeping in the family barn. Um, Dad went out to the barn for some reason, saw him there, held him at gunpoint, and made him leave. Um, the family had said, this is where the gray man comes into play. The family called the police and said, he looked, such, he looked so gray, we call him the gray man. And so that's where this term or this name uh, was given to him. Is that from eating all the raw meat? Like why? I forget what he it just, is that makes your skin turn gray. Malnourishment. Really? Mm. Yeah. So if you see a picture of him, you can kind of see why. I mean, he looks a little emaciated, like his cheeks are sunken in, his eyes are sunken in. So it's kind of hard to see. It's like not really focusing, but looks like um, a nightmare. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty, pretty scary. So, yeah. Yeah, no thanks. Three days later, July 14th, there was a, uh, a three, sorry, a nine-year-old boy. He went missing. His name was Francis. His parents reported him missing whenever he didn't come home from playing catch with friends um, in Staten Island, New York. Um, his body was found hanging from a tree by his home. He was raped, strangled with his own suspenders. Also had deep lacerations to his legs and stomach, but his left hamstring had barely any skin left on it. Um, Albert Fish had planned to castrate the boy, but didn't because he heard something approaching. Um, he first initially stated whenever he got caught that he did not murder this boy, um, but then later said that he did and said that he wanted to castrate the boy. Okay. Um, first off, walking by and seeing anything hanging in a tree is terrifying, even if it's not brutally beaten and massacred. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about it hanging that's different from... It just yeah. like lying on the ground, I think. Right. I agree. Um, but that, I agree. that is a mm -hmm. ton of, of, of effort to... And planning. Just... His hamstring was out. Oh, God. Yeah. So the friends of Francis, you know, that were playing catch with him, you know, stated that they saw a man who was gray. Um, so again, they use the term gray man. Francis's mother, um, obviously, you know, she lost her son. She said she saw a similar man earlier that day and quote, 
He came shifling down the street, mumbling to himself and making queer motions with his hands. I saw his thick gray hair and his drooping gray mustache. Everything about him seemed faded and gray. So, wow. mom saw him earlier that day, and I'm guessing queer motions are like jack-off motions, right? With his hands. Well, but queer or rubbing back himself. In those, queer back in those days still probably meant different. Right. Could have been. But. Could have also I mean, been sexually yeah. from what I looked up. So yeah, it, it could have been, could have been, or yeah. like bouncing your hands. I don't know. I don't want to. Yeah, get I don't think it. I don't think it was that. But he wasn't yeah. like, "Hey, bitch!" <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. So mom saw him. You know, days or that day earlier that day, which is sad. And then unfortunately, she lost her son. So, um, you know, many people during this time said that they saw a gray man like luring around Staten Island as well as other parts of New York. So this wow. is where he got the name gray man. That's creepy. That's, it's very creepy. It's it. The description of it mm -hmm. is like, you know, it's not just like, oh, we're looking for a six foot brown hair it's like no we're looking for someone who's gray like we're looking for a gray man like someone who looks gray can and you imagine your walk <laughs> <laughs> i really want right. to know what they meant i want to know i know I clarification <laughs> i know i know right so February 11th, 1927, three years later, there were two brothers playing in an apartment hallway in Brooklyn, New York, a three-year-old and a 12-year-old. They were playing with a four-year-old neighbor kid. The 12-year-old decided to go inside the apartment. The two boys disappeared, the three and four-year-old. Later that evening, the three-year-old was found on the rooftop of the apartment building and when asked what happened to his friend, the other boy, he said the boogeyman took him. Oh, God, that gave me chills. Am yep. I going to have nightmares from this story? You didn't tell me the story was scary, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Am I going to have nightmares? All the cannibal shit I can handle, but as soon as you say I'm boogeyman, scared. I'm out. I'm scared. <laughs> I literally keep like looking over because it's like oh my God. dark over there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're fine. It's fine. We're fine. You're fine. The other boy's body, um, unfortunately, has never been found. Uh, Fish claimed the responsibility of it later in a confessional letter. Um, I'm only going to read bits and pieces of this letter. It's very, very hard to stomach. Um, and it's very long. But one thing that Albert Fish did do is he confessed to every single one of his murders whenever he did get caught in full detail. Full detail. So um, bits and pieces of what this says. He says that he brought him to Riker Avenue. Um, there was a house that was abandoned. Um, he said that he stripped the boy naked, tied him, um, gagged him with a dirty rag. Um, he said that he ended up 
torturing the boy. Um, he whipped the boy from the behind with nails in the whip, um, watching the br- the blood run down from, you know, blood run down his legs. Cut off multiple pieces of the kid's body. Um, ended up putting those body parts in different bags to use for um, different recipes. And um, stated, you know, that he ate every part of the body except the bones. Um, and then he says at the very end, uh, he called his the little boy's penis his little monkey. Um, and he called uh, his balls peewees. Um, and he said that he could not eat it, that he threw those in the toilet. So I'm paraphrasing a lot. And um, oh. if you are, if you want to look it up, you're more than welcome to look up the full letter, confessional letter that he wrote. What a sick piece of shit. Seriously. Yeah. Like, he, that is... Yeah. And, okay, let's say you did do all of those things, mm-hmm. but to, like... Brag about it. To brag and, like, tell it with such pride and to go into those kind of details, it's like... Yeah, what? of a like, four-year-old what? boy. Oh, yeah. God, I just... I know. Mm. Yeah. Man. So sad. It is sad. And, you know, at this time, he's continually searching for children that he can, you know, torture and eat. Um, And he was primarily searching ads in the newspaper. Uh, Those who wanted or those that needed work done in their house or those that needed a job. Um Primarily young boys that needed work as well. So he found his next victim. Um, There was a man or a young boy who put in an ad in the paper looking for work. His name was Edward Budd. Um, Unfortunately, Edward was not his next victim. His younger sister, Grace Budd, was. So on May 25th, 1928, this is when he found that ad in the paper. Um, He's 58 years old at this time. He responded to the ad in the paper of the young boy looking for work in Manhattan, New York. Showed up to the house using an alias, Frank Howard. So again, earlier we said Harold Howard, and here's another name, Frank Howard. Um, he said that he was a farmer from Farmingdale, New York, and that he was primarily, uh, you know, looking for someone to help work on the farm. He was interested in Edward. Um, Edward was looking for work and Fish was going to hire him, AKA take him back to his farm, torture him, kill him and eat him. Um, but, uh, as he was talking to Edward and the family, He saw 10-year-old Grace, kind of shy, hiding behind her parents. And um, after multiple conversations and multiple days of interactions, he had left and gone back. Um, Ended up deciding that he was going to kill Grace and eat her. Um, He convinced her parents that he was in town for his niece's birthday. And again, this is like the second or third encounter of being over at their house. 
um, said that he was going to his niece's birthday and asked if 10-year-old Grace could come along. Kind of said like, hey, they would get along. They would be good friends. Why doesn't? Why don't she come, you know, to my niece's birthday party? And they're like, all right. They let her. They never saw her again. Um, you know, the story is, is that he took her back to an abandoned house in upstate New York. And he tells all the details in a confessional letter. God and uh, yeah, are, where are the police? Like, are they not suspecting anything at this point? Not yet, because the parents let Grace leave with him. So, a couple of days after Grace didn't return back, they contacted you know the police and said that Grace was missing. Um, and we'll talk about that. Um, I'm gonna read bits and pieces of this confessional letter. Um, but he, this is his words. On Saturday, June 3rd, 1928, I called you on 406 West 5th Street. I brought you pot cheese and strawberries. We had lunch. Grace sat on my lap and kissed me. I made up my mind to eat her. On the pretense of taking her to a party, you said she could go. I took her to an empty house in Westchester. I had already picked out. When we got there, I told her to remain outside. She picked wildflowers. I went upstairs, stripped all of my clothes off. I knew if I did not, I would get blood. I would get her blood on them. When all was ready, I went to the window and called her. Then I hid in a closet until she was in the room. When she saw me all naked, she began to cry and tried to run down the stairs. I grabbed her and she would tell, she told me she would tell her mama. First, I stripped her naked. How she did kick, bite, and scratch. I choked her to death, then cut her in small pieces so I could take my meat to my rooms. I cooked and eat, eat her. How sweet and tender her little ass was, roasted in the oven. It took me nine days to eat her entire body. I did not fuck her, though. I could have. I wished. She died a virgin. Oh, my God. I have literally never heard anything more disgusting in my whole life. And that's not even the entire letter. Like, what are you... What? Yeah. How? And he had children at this time. Six children. I just don't know how a human brain gets that far lost. That far demented and fucked up. I mean, again, kind of going back to Taurus's, uh, he became obsessed. And, you know, I would say I would agree with, like, that. Taurus's, we do become obsessive, but in different aspects. So, like, for example... Like, I'm doing my, like, healthcare, like, kick right now. Like, my plan, right? Mm -hmm. And whenever I do this, I do get, like, super obsessive. Like, with my meal plan and with my workout and stuff like that. But at least my obsessions are, like, healthy yeah, obsessions, you're not, right? You're not fucking... Eating children. Eating <laughs> yeah. But, but it's just like what that article said. Those that are sane are okay, 
right? They turn those obsessions into positives. But those that are mentally unstable, those obsessions become evil. It's just, I... I, I've just never heard a more disgusting story. Yeah. In my whole life. Yeah. And you know, this is one that a lot of people don't cover because of how bad it is. Yeah. It's kind of wow. like, what was that slave owner that you did, remember? Oh, yeah. Delphine LaLaurie. Yeah, it's like her. A lot of people don't cover her because of how so all the nasty fun. things that she did. Yeah, and I think it's important because it like these sickos are real and they do exist and yeah. they're always going to exist and they always yeah. have existed. It's just yeah, it's mm, I, I know. Just can't. And I think I mean for like research purposes and the justice for the family, like I'm glad these people recounted what happened to like prove mm-hmm. that they did do it. Um, right, but like the details of what he did. That is sickening to recount. And I'm sure the family has heard all of this. And mm, that's just awful. Yeah. So the police investigated this letter specifically because he sent this to the family just days later after she went missing. Um, They couldn't determine for sure if he had actually eaten Grace, but... I mean, obviously, he's clearly obsessed with cannibalism, um, and he had acted on cannibalism before, so, um, you know, they kind of put two and two together. Albert Fish was known to be a liar as well. Um, It's said that he had hallucinations also. So shortly after his wife had left, he had hallucinations that she was there. Um, His children state that he would consistently talk to somebody, um, but he wasn't talking to anybody. But if you ask him who he was talking to, he was talking to his wife, Anna. I would throw the psycho book at this guy and be like, you had everything right right and and maybe some demon possession because it's like beyond sick well we'll talk a little bit about that too (laughs) oh great i can't wait to be more scared (laughs) (laughs) so the letter that he wrote this letter on was written on a specific type of paper that was from the new york private chauffeurs bevelant associate group right And it had the seal on it, okay? Um, Police determined that this paper was left behind by a specific janitor from a company at this rooming house. And if we talk about a rooming house, it's kind of like a hostel, okay? Oh, okay. So at the same house, um, a man named Albert Eight Fish was renting a place, okay? In the city. Uh, So, uh, of course, you know, there was strong uh, resemblance between Albert Fish seeing a picture of him and a picture of this Frank Howard, who he had said he was, to the family, right? So, police decided to set up an interview with Albert. Um, When asked about Grace, he instantly caved in, didn't even deny it. 
he wanted someone to ask him about it so he could tell the story of what happened. He even said to the investigators that he went there to kill the older brother, Edward. That that's who he wanted until he saw Grace. Mm. Gross. Yeah. He then discussed the details of the murder with um, the from the three-year-old boy um, that he murdered and hung. Or sorry, that he murdered and um, ate. He also talked about Billy, the other uh, nine-year-old boy that he hung from the tree, and others that he had killed. Um, this is where he had said that he killed over a hundred children, one in each state, which I don't think that's true. I truly think he. There's no way in that time that he would have been able to travel all across the United States, but I definitely think he killed more than fifty children. Well- it's also not true because there's only 50 states. So, oh, I know. Over 100 kids, one in each state. Yeah, right? <laughs> right. So, you know, clearly there was mental illness in his family, also, and he was he, mentally unstable. Has he ever gone to Alaska or Hawaii? Probably not. Yeah, he walked there. No, oh, yeah, I <laughs> forgot. That's just an easy walk. Easy, easy peasy. Um, so he uh, he went to trial, obviously, um, March eleventh, nineteen thirty-five. He was in White Plains, New York, on trial in Westchester County. His defense argued that he was legally insane uh, because he had heard voices in his head from God telling him to kill children. Um, he also heard voices in his head from God telling him that he needed to sacrifice these children in order for God to forgive him of his sins. So God is like, hey, you need to kill these kids. You're fucked and up. And then I'll forgive you. <laughs> but I'll forgive you if you also kill more. Right. Right. Yeah. So... Wonder what part of the Bible that is, where God says you should kill kids kill and children, kill more to forgive and sacrifice yourself. them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jeez. They use many um, testimonies, you know, to prove to the jury that he was mentally ill. Um, the jury didn't believe this, and he was considered to be a psychopath um, with multiple levels of psychosis. Um, many witnesses testified against him. So not only, you know, the families of the children that he had killed, but many eyewitnesses that saw the gray man or the boogeyman. Um, one particularly being his own daughter testified against him. She was 17 years old at the time. She said that he taught her and her brothers several games involving uh, child molestation and uh, masochism. Mm. Gosh, I just hate that it's all kids. It's so I know. sad. So the judge found him sane uh, and guilty and sentenced him to death, to execution. Um, so January 6, 1936. He was electrocuted at 11.09 p.m. at the Sing Sing Correctional Facility in Austin, New York. 
Whew, that was probably our heaviest story. I'm just going to throw it out there that that was I probably would, the heaviest. Yeah, I would say, you know, him and David Parker Ray, um, they're probably yeah. the top two that are pretty bad. Oh. You know, whenever I listened to this story years ago, I just remember... Um, yeah, I just remember it took so long for me to get through the story just because of the kids, you know, and specifically that little girl, Grace. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the story that I had listened to read through, and I have chills like talking about this, but it read through the entire letter and it talked about how he peeked out the window and he watched her pick wildflowers and, you know, yeah. all those little details and stuff like that. And I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, there are seriously like sick fucks out there that like truly get off on this shit. You cannot be too careful. And I I mean, with, with who your babysitters are, with the people that you let into your, just like him, like the people Mm -hmm. you let into your house to repair shit or, you know, who, who running into the gas station to pay for your gas. Like you just have to be, watch your back. And, you know, I feel like anymore with, like, kids nowadays, especially, like, kids are getting cell phones younger and younger each day. And it's, like, how many times do you pass a kid and they're on their phone and not even paying attention to what's going on around them? You know what I mean? And so, like, parents should definitely be teaching kids, like, pay attention to your surroundings. Like, don't just be on your phone. Because you can easily be picked up and snatched by an Albert Fish. Seriously? <laughs> Every parent, no, tell your kids the story about Albert Fish. No, don't do that. But... Read them the letters. Read, <laughs> Read them, the, them letters. the letters of the boogeyman. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is like a real-life boogeyman. That is so no, it sad. Is. It is so it is. scary. Ugh. It's... Yeah. I, I usually find, like, a serial killer's statements to be very interesting, um, especially, was it Ted Bundy did a lot? Uh, yeah. The last guy that I did did a lot. Ed Kemper. Uh, Ed Kemper, uh, the chessboard killer. Yeah. He, he did a lot. But and, but they're interesting, and while they mm-hmm. are violent and gruesome, but this this is just disgusting. It is yeah. vulgar. All the details. Just and yeah. you can tell he said things like the picking the wildflowers, like that was showing I chose an innocent girl. Right. Like, it was almost him wanting to paint a picture of how yeah. of what he took away. And I think yeah. that's what makes it so even worse. Like Oh, mm. completely agree. I will say that Aries are more prone to be serial killers than Tauruses, even though you all will hear that the Taurus serial killers seem to be a lot more brutal than yeah, so Aries. She's trying serial to defend killers. herself. So. She's trying to defend herself and and put me down at the same time. And here's the thing: <laughs> we we both agreed upon this was our mo- like. <laughs> most uh like violent one yet so i know i'm just saying i'm just i gotta prove my point well maybe maybe there are more areas we were number four on the list however you were you were number four that was a doozy 
Right, right. It's going to be hard so, as far as violence to like top that or just disgustingness. I know, it's so gross. So that was uh, Albert Fish, friends. Holy shit. Okay, well, wow, great story. You did a great job. You kept your shit together. Meanwhile, I was <laughs> over here like... <sighs> <laughs> Um, but moving on guys have you checked out the new merch in fact well, right. this isn't new but I oh am wearing our our crop yes. yes. yes if you're looking yes I love that crop hoodie so I much I do too so um, listen guys here is how it works I'm going to give you the big secret how do you give people- them the secret how do people do podcasts? And they're like, how do you make money from it? Okay, well, one, you can join our Patreon. We have a yep. one, five, and ten dollar uh, donation. You can participate. You can talk to us. You can send us yep. messages. We send you messages. Like the five dollar also- is one Starbucks a month. Yeah, like that is exactly. nothing. Nothing. It's nothing. So quit being a cheapskate. Get on Patreon. Donate give to us your, your girls. Money. Yeah. Um, the best part about it is in my opinion, that you get a, an unlimited discount on our merch, which at is all times, at all times. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, the other way is to buy our merch. So yes. we just put out a bunch of really freaking cute phone cases, very pod cases. Yes. And then, um, a new true crime and podcast and chill crew neck that comes yes. in all these awesome colors. So, you can find all of that link in our bio. Please go and do that. Please, please, please. What you can do for free, for free, is so you can free. click <laughs> the actual subscribe button. It helps you yes. subscribe. Even if you never listen to us again, just click the subscribe button and just ignore us. I don't even care. Yeah. Subscribe and, uh, and share yeah. to all of your friends yes. and family because that yeah. will help us. And of course, support the podcast. I mean, if you truly love yeah. us, Support us and rep our merch. Yeah. Duh. Duh. Leave a quick review. Like, it takes two seconds to be like, they I Okay, I'll listen again. Maybe. Okay, perfect. Leave that. Click send. <laughs> submit. Just as long as it's five stars. I don't care what else you say. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Awesome. So. Um, also, supporting our uh, sponsor, Color Up CBD. So, if you do like CBD, uh, whether you want tinctures, whether you want skincare or dog, not dog treats, but dog products as well, um, you can go to colorupco.com, use code SINISTER20 to get 20% yes. off. And they do have sales too. I just saw All the time. one. For 420, which this yes. is not going to come out on. It's going to come out way after. After but 420, but they, they do have sales. Run, yes. Yeah. So go check out Color Up CBD. They're awesome. And yes. uh, we will see you next week. Happy Taurus season, everyone. Woo! You fucking crazies. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa is turning 37 this year. So What the fuck? What is wrong with you? Your oh turn, bitch. my god! No, I'm turning thirty, bitch. The big so, three zero. Ooh. I know, I know. The big three zero. It's so sad. All right, guys. Well, we will see you next week. Stay sinister, y'all. Peace out. <laughs>